Hello, I'm Hilary Alexander, and I'm working with Debenhams to put the spotlight on its amazing portfolio of designers. Back in 1996, Debenhams was the first high street name to introduce a designer collection, and that was when it launched the J by Jasper Conran range. Over the last three decades, the lineup has grown to include more than a dozen of Britain's best designers, including Jenny Packham, Julia MacDonald, Matthew Williamson and Henry Holland. Today we're talking to Justin Thornton and Thea Brigazzi, the designers behind Studio by Preen. Hi, Thea. Hello. Hi, Justin. Hi. Hi. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Preen, the brand, or perhaps even Studio by Preen, is one of fashion's best-kept secrets because you don't advertise, you're quite independent, and yet you have this amazing amazing lineup of clients and customers yeah i do i do think that we've we're sort of we've spent most of our career slightly under the radar mm-hmm. but i think that's because we really didn't want to um it wasn't about promoting ourselves it was about promoting the clothes and doing clothes that would really encompass all types of women and mm. and so when we design a collection we do generally think about you know, many different types of customers. It's not just one particular woman that we put on a pedestal. It's right. about, all about in- inclusivity. So, yeah, and we've been very lucky with the women we've dressed and worked with. Well, I mean, let's talk about just two of them, um, the Duchess of Cambridge yes. and yeah. Meghan Markle. Yes, which is amazing, yeah. <laughs> now, what was the dress that sort of sparked their So, interest? with the Duchess of Cambridge, the dress was the red Fenella dress, which was a dress that was already in our collection and had been sold to our stores worldwide and had actually been one of our best-selling dresses of that season. Luckily, it had been delivered to the stores when she chose to wear it. <laughs> well, that was so. during the um, visit to Canada. Yes, exactly. So I think it was perfect with the red for Canada. Yes. And she looked amazing in it. I love that because it had that slightly off-centre neckline. Yes. Really, and that wonderful skirt and nipped-in waist. Yeah, she looked absolutely beautiful in the red. It really complimented her. And then Meghan Markle wore a similar dress um, just earlier this year. In black, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for us, these dresses are, they're called our, they're our TED range, which is the event dress um, part of our collection. And they're dresses that we've kept, we've had in the collection for many years, and they've sort of had a, a sort of a development with our career. And I think the first one that we we did was called the power dress, and it was, that was in very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that was meant. We we had this idea that we wanted to empower women, right? But we wanted them to be a bit like super women, and um, so almost like a superhero, like the most gorgeous woman. So like a tiny waist and push up your breasts and maybe puff out your hips and, you know... Like an hourglass. Yeah. An hourglass figure. So we just had this idea that this is what we wanted to to make with this collection. And then, of course, it was worn by Amy Amy Winehouse. Yeah, which was for us, which that was amazing. That was just So we'd amazing. never really courted celebrity and we'd never really realised how important celebrity was because also at that time it didn't feel celebrity wasn't the same as it is now I don't think the word celebrity no, even and existed, no Instagram so, no and there was no social media or anything like that and so everybody knew famous people but they didn't really refer to them as celebrity mm. and so maybe famous people wearing your clothes was a nice thing but it, it was all about cool girls yeah it wasn't really it. the cool and, you know, thing to so do we, and so Amy for us was cool because we loved her music and we thought she was so when she just went to Selfridges bought the dress herself and wore it to the Brits I mean that's very... and that was 2009 yeah and the way she wore it as yes. well she had like the bra and the black lace showing. Bra, yeah. it's like yeah. really rock and roll and cool mm. and, and that dress then sold out 
Yeah, so, yep. so well, when Amy wore it, the dress sold out. Actually, it'd been interesting. When we'd done it for the runway, uh, we'd had buyers saying, oh, I don't know if we're going to buy it. We don't know if women will wear this sort of thing. Because before, a lot of the stuff we'd done had been quite drapey and loose. And a bit gothic. Yeah, yeah. we love a bit of goth. Yeah. And, so, and so it was kind of... It was For us, it was a, different a change thing. in direction. We just felt we wanted to. We'd been looking at the, the supermodels, mm. the Cindy Crawfords and Linda Ravanelli. Yeah, there's old Herbert and and those kind of, and the way that they were more curvaceous. And so we thought, how can we put that into a dress when we designed the collection? So a lot of stores had been a bit nervous about buying it, but the stores that did buy it completely sold out. Right. And then um, a few months later, Gwyneth Paltrow wore a black version to the Iron Man premiere. Right. And well, that totally blew up. Well, that was when she had transformed from this kind of earth mother woman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she unleashed her new body and she was just like, everyone was just like, oh my goodness, look at her. She's amazing, mm. like really powerful, really sexy, strong, independent woman. And, you know, that was great for us. Oh, amazing. I mean, that, that was when we realised the power of celebrity because before that we We'd had cool celebrities, but we'd never had this big Hollywood celebrity mm. wear something. And then that dress stayed in the collection for six years and was like our wow. best selling dress until the Finella, yeah. when the Duchess of Cambridge <laughs> wore that, which that that we sold more of that dress in three months than we did in the six years of the power dress really? because the Finella dress became, was a phenomenon, yeah. Well, it's very, very flattering. It's and- very flattering and I think it suits lots of different shapes and especially the English kind of shape, the mm. pear shape, you know. Mm. And um, I think that's the key to to dressing a woman as well. Yeah. You know, I know the kind of bits that certain women want to cover up um, and most, most women have got bits that they don't want to yeah. put on show. So and also you know different lengths, different hemlines. And know, and the the thing with these dresses is they're made from this kind of very strong crepe, and we put a power mesh inside them. Mm. So when we were originally designing them, we were thinking of like corsetry and how women wore corsetry, but it's so uncomfortable yeah. and clunky. So Thea wanted to find something that was comfortable to wear, but had the similar property, held you in, right. pushed you up, nipped, you know. And so that's where they've developed. And as they, as our career has developed and we've become more successful and we've and we've grown up mm. as people, our, our design aesthetic has slightly grown up. And, and so where the power dress was young and cool and sexy, the, the Fenella dress was a bit more sophisticated and there's a touch more Audrey Hepburn to it, I think, now. <laughs> now, I think a little bit of background, because I think what's interesting about the two of you is that you've lived and worked together. You're a couple mm. and you're a couple <laughs> in business. Um that more than 20 years. I mean, how long is it? Because you met at art school in um, the, in the Isle, Isle of Man. Man yes. we, just, we just got married last year, actually, yeah. after, I don't know how many... We 20 did years work, later, no, we got married. No, <laughs> no, never. We'd worked out that we'd been together, I think it was 24, 25 years, yeah. something like that. We can't remember. But, you know... Eventually, we got married. Yeah. We've done everything backwards. So when way. we when we met, we were on after after doing A levels. We were, went to Art Foundation, which was in Douglas. Yes, yeah. in Douglas in the Isle of Man, and that's the first time we met. So, um, and we just hit it off and got on really, really well. And then we didn't become a couple until maybe two years later, when you or three years later, when you were in your gap year from university and you you were in London working, and I was living in London at the mm. time. And we always stayed friends up yeah. until that point. Yeah. And was it always the idea to have a business together? No, no. I 
just was working at Helen's Story after he left college and I finished a year later than him. So I came down to London and I moved in with him. I said I was just going to stay yeah, for said, a couple of She said, days. I haven't got anywhere else to stay. Can I stay with oh, you for a little that bit? that old line. <laughs> <laughs> but he was living on Portobello Road, which was so cool at the time. So I thought, oh, gosh, I could never afford this. So <laughs> anyway, he was doing that. And I started making clothes for photo shoots and just one-off pieces and doing a bit of styling, a bit of this and that. And Justin was working in Helen's Story. And I worked a bit in Helen's Story as well. And then Helen asked us um, if we would collaborate and design together um, part, a small of her part of her collection. Right. And um, so we did that. And it was the first time we'd actually worked together. on, a, And we just really enjoyed it. Mm. We found that, you know, we really bounced off each other. And um, so then I'd, I'd kind of started making clothes and started decided my you wanted to have your own business yeah. um, and then sadly Helen's story finished yeah mm. and so Justin started helping me and then we just kind of carried on from there and then you opened the shop and yeah it's been yeah. it's been very organic the way we've done it <laughs> we, we didn't have a huge business plan or anything like that we grew very organically and we needed to find a studio space really and th- for the same price we could have a shop in Portobello Road right. with a little workspace in the back right so actually that's we, how did, we, we did get a Prince of Wales a Prince of Wales um, grant grant £2,000 £2,000 £2,000 you literally had the sewing machine that was it in the literally. back of the shop yeah. nothing no £2,000 <laughs> yeah. £2, a sewing pounds. machine a table Packed some fabric <laughs> you know not a lot not a lot of stuff you and know. then surprise surprise who was the first customer? Oh, so we had our opening party right. um, one night and it was got, all got a bit messy and we were all very hungover the next day. But this is, that was a Friday night and the next day was a Saturday. So it was our first opening Saturday and we were feeling very fragile in our, in our new shop and we were just sitting there trying to keep it together. And then we could see somebody had come in the shop and was looking around the shop and then we noticed that lots of people had their faces pressed up against the window. We were like, what are they doing? Why are they? And then this woman in the shop just was like looking around and, and I thought, oh, it's Cher. You know, oh, oh, that's Cher. And I was thinking, <laughs> this is all a bit strange. And then um, she obviously thought we didn't know who she was. So she kept talking about Sunny. Oh, yes, yeah, Sunny. And I was thinking, yeah, but I, we couldn't really talk that much. Well, we, we were, really we were a bit over. shocked that it was And we were shocked well. because we were like a bit starstruck. But she was so And she lovely. was trying, effort. actually, she was with a, a lady and she kept saying, oh, I really like that dress. And, and this other woman said, oh, I'll, I'm going to try it on. So she'd try it on and then she'd say, yeah, I love it. I'll buy it. I'll take it. And I kept thinking, oh. She's taking all everything this woman wants to buy. Cher keeps buying, but then I realized she must have had a a, a lady to try things on for the exact shape, yeah. Yeah. So she didn't have to try, but I didn't realize I didn't even know. And then she was was, so naive, and then she bought loads of things. We were really, she bought loads of things. She gave us her phone number so that we could ring her when we had new stock in, and then she kept saying, How much does it cost to take it out of the store? And we were saying, well, it's X amount of money, so many hundred pounds. And she said, yes, but how much to take it out of the store? And we were like, well... You're very confused. It's this amount. We didn't realise about tax in America. Of course, in America, you have So she must have thought we were funny. absolutely crazy. And then we Janet went. Jackson yeah. came in Then Janet well. Jackson. Two days later, Janet Jackson. We thought we've made it. And we thought, it. oh, my goodness, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. But it <laughs> was, you know, Portobello. Yeah, Kate used Kate. to come and get her skinny jeans. Yeah, we yeah. were. We used to make we sell so many of these skinny jeans. Because Thea really wanted to do a skinny pant. And believe it or not, Hipster. in those days, you couldn't really, really buy skinny yeah. jeans anywhere. And so... Um, it was all about boot cut and... Yeah, yeah. and then like looser, they were just yeah. baggier, weren't they? A yeah. bit more boy, what we would call boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And, and boot cut was like so uncool. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, we've really got to make these trousers. And it took me ages to get the fit just right, you know, because they had to be hipster, and, yeah. you know, sit on the right part of the body. Took forever to get them right, but you know. Anyway, we got them right. They and, were our um, first big hit. They were the they? first we used to big sell hit. About a hundred every Saturday in the yeah. shop, so it was amazing. I mean, looking back, it was amazing, really. And was that um, sort of what gave you enough funds to? It helped. It really helped us. The and then what happened was um, a, a man from Japan came into the store and said to us, "Oh, I love everything you've got in the store. How much would it be for all of it?" And we said the lot. Yeah, we were really confused. And he said, "I'm gonna." He said, "I'm gonna buy it now. I'll pay for it now, but I'll take it to Japan, and then I'll take orders on it from the stores in Japan, and then I'll place the orders with you." So we thought, well, at least we're selling it. So we just sold it all to him. Then we were thinking, oh my god, we're gonna have to make a load more stuff, and what we're gonna do. But anyway, we did it, and then. A few, a few weeks later, we got an order for about £40,000, which we thought was absolutely amazing. So. We were just like, oh, now we've got to make it. So yeah. we thought, we've got to kind of get real now. Yeah. Because before that, we were just kind of being creative and, you know, Doing not taking it too seriously, really, just enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Like, thought, I, I'm in fashion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then then we thought, should we, should we, let's just do it. So we did it. And then we had this Japanese agent. And we used to go out to Japan every year. They used to pay for us to go out to Japan, and we do a Japan. press week in Japan. So we were like big in Japan, and we thought it was great. And so you were actually more well known in Japan yeah, yeah, at that yeah. time. Yeah, we yeah. were really well known. They in had Japan. shop. They had. We had, we a had shop our own in shop in Tokyo, and then one like, in Osaka, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so it was great and um, very very easy, and that was. Really, that's how our business took off. Yeah, so that that funded our business. And then we weren't doing runway shows or anything at that time. And then a friend of ours kept saying, oh, you know, why don't you do a show? Why don't you... We're like, oh, I don't know, you know. So what year did you show at London Fashion Week? um, I think 2000 was our first show. It was Lyle Hakaraya. Yeah. Do you know Lyle Hakaraya? He's a designer. He was saying, do do the show. And he'd done a show and he was like, go on, you've got to do a show. So anyway, he persuaded us and And we did this show. All our friends helped us. And I mean, it cost nothing, you know, literally sort of like begged and borrowed from everybody. And everybody I remember else. going there. It was yeah. really fun, but yeah. it was so chaotic, and we, you know, so many things we hadn't thought about. Mm. And friends did the music, and but it this was, was, what, it was you so know, fun. I think was so appealing about London at that yeah. time. Yeah. It was so still raw. possible to be raw, yeah, and to be sort of unusual. Well, yeah. and also there That's was what I kind of miss a bit. There was a support network, wasn't mm. there? Of everybody, everybody wanted to do well and wanted to learn things and and be involved. And so you had all these people that, that would help. You know, with you'd have a friend who worked at a PR agency who right. could get a list of people to invite for you, and you'd have a friend who did the music and a friend who was wanted to be a hairdresser and one that wanted. And, and they you, all kind of came together. Did and, you pay the models in clothes? Yes. 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 Yeah, I know. Which we they just, were delighted. They loved with, it, actually. you know. And but it was fun. And and then, of course, as time goes on, you get more serious about it, and you start to get when you start to get orders from like big department stores right. and things. That's when it starts to get really serious. Yeah, but, but you know, we still have fun and we still love it. We've tried to keep it a bit more on that level. We've never really wanted to be this huge, big corporate right. label. We've we've never, you know, that's never really appealed to us. I I think we'd kind of. I think it would ruin our creativity sometimes. Mm. I think we'd be too worried about performing. Mm. I think we we like the freedom of being able to, if we want to do a collection of just black dresses, we could do it without someone saying to us, well, actually, you've got to do prints because that's what sells. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about really how we value yeah. our, our independence. Mm. And, you know, we're quite proud that we've been an independent label in, mm. in Britain, selling worldwide, being really successful and feeling like we've achieved quite a lot with our career. You know? Do you think the... 
the move to New York to show at New York Fashion Week because you did that for five years. Mm. Yes. Do you think that was, again, sort of another turning point? I think, it again, like I said, was. we work, it's very organic the way mm. we work and we felt like we'd reached a certain point with our career in London and the shows were successful, we were selling well, you know, we were really enjoying But also London didn't feel as exciting as London Fashion Week feels now. Right. And in those days, I think there was less and less people coming to London for mm. Fashion Week and, you know, and you realise that the world's a big place and you don't want to, you, you can't just have a, a UK market. You, know, yeah. you need to have an international market. And so we were wondering what to do. And then a friend of ours who was the creative director of the Soho Grand Hotel in New York just said, why don't you come out? We'll build we'll build a runway venue in the empty lot next to the hotel. We'll put all your team up in the hotel and you can do all your casting from there. So we said, OK, let's do it. <laughs> and it was fantastic. We had all the supermodels, yeah. Daniel Rubik. Oh, it was amazing. Natasha Poe. Natasha Poe. Raquel Zimmerman. All of them, oh, I, which yeah. you, who never came to London. They, yeah. were all, they all live in New York. And, of course, and at that time, it was all about supermodels. Yeah. You know, yeah. And which, of course, we loved. Mm. And I think also New Yorkers love the slightly anarchic yeah. London. They, they love they you the when London you're British. And, yeah. and we stood out there, you know. Mm. Everybody was a bit more... Um, safe. Safe. Yeah. yeah. Conservative. Contemporary. Yeah. And but also, also I think it made and... us up our game a bit because mm. we're a bit like, oh, we're going to New York, you know. I think it totally influenced us, mm. absolutely, totally, and it, and it made us look more international. Well, it absolutely it doubled our business internationally, mm. you know, not just in America but internationally. And I think I think what it did as well was at the time there was a tendency to think that British designers were not that serious, yeah, and not that didn't really care that much about their business. Maybe didn't deliver, or the quality wasn't so. good. Or they weren't sort of interested in commerciality. Yes, I think exactly. That's been a, and a New charge. York was always known for that, so mm. that was why New York was perfect for us to go there because it it. Whilst we'd felt an aesthetic with sort of like New York designers like Jeffrey Bean and um, Calvin Klein and right. things like that, we've, that's American sportswear. Mm. We'd always felt an affinity with that. And so it felt the right place to go. But also I think that as the world were travelling to New York and going to the shows, it really put us on a platform. It raised us yeah. up, you know, and, and people started noticing us and taking us much more seriously and realising we were very serious about our business. But I think you've always had, you know, um, you've always believed in commerciality, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. I think that's always been so important for me as well, in in particular, being a woman and wearing the clothes. And sometimes we do something really creative on the mannequin. And then I'd be like, but how's a, real, how's a woman going to wear that? You know, how's someone who's si- size 16... Or 18 going to wear that. Or don't you, know? you often say, where are you going to put your boobs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going to put your boobs? She says that to me all the time. It's gorgeous, but where are they going to put their boobs? <laughs> yeah. And how are you going to wear a bra with it? Or, you know, yeah. and I know not everybody wears a bra and things, but, you know, I, I like to think it's like a puzzle. Mm. It's like trying to think how could anyone, you know, how how can anyone wear it if, if yeah. they want to? So it's not just this elite few single, you know, these elite few women that can wear it that are like supermodels. Mm. I mean, of course, on the catwalk show, that's how we show our vision. Yeah. But for the selling collection as well, we really do like to think about, you know, like some people don't like to show their knees when you're over a certain mm. age. You don't or want elbows to be, or, or yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, Grazia did um, did an, an issue. I think it was last year sometime, and it was about celebrating women's bodies, all different shapes right. and oh, sizes. Oh, I remember that. That was yeah. fantastic. And we had a double-page spread of, I think there were six women, all different shapes and sizes, all wearing our dresses. And the, the stylist 
told me afterwards that she said it was so easy for us to do it with your dresses because mm. they work for all these different body shapes. Yeah. And the women that they brought into it all selected the dresses themselves to wear. And there's this amazing image we had of all these beautiful women all Fantastic. wearing it. Yeah. So it, that for us is amazing because yeah. it shows that, you know, you don't have to be the model on the runway to be right. able to wear it. Mm. I mean, the concept of commerciality and sort of every woman being able to wear it, is that one of the reasons you decided to do the Studio by Preen for Debenhams? Absolutely. There's nothing better than when you're walking down a street and you see a real person wearing your clothes mm. rather than a celebrity because celebrities get lent things all the time and you know and of course it's amazing when somebody wears it but when you see somebody has gone out and spent their hard-earned money on this dress mm. and they might they, they love it you know um, and it's I think that's the most important thing mm. right and I love the idea that with working with Debenhams that the reach is is a much wider reach mm -hmm. and it goes out to a lot more I think more you're people. in 43 stores yeah, yeah. and yeah. online yeah. yeah and I and I think you know it's 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 just great for us to be able to offer an element of our aesthetic to Debenhams. But what we really try and do with Studio by Preen is we try to make sure that it has its own identity. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a cheap version of what we do on our, our own right. catwalk. That each piece has, you know, in, we're having exclusive individual prints for it. There's shapes that will have a, our handwriting, right. but they're unique to Studio by mm. Preen. Now, you started um, for spring 2017 and now spring... Summer 2018 is about to go into stores, I think, April 18. Yeah. Um, what's the kind of inspiration or how would you describe it? Um, well, we, we because we're, we're quite well known for dresses within mm. our own collections and that's that's kind of our bread and butter of our business is dresses, we thought it's really important that there's a strong dress collection. Mm -hmm. And so the the whole idea behind it was taking dresses that will work for many different women but taking um, a soft effortless silhouette right. and then bringing in a slightly vintage-inspired print oh, element to it. I can't wait. So, <laughs> and so there's lots of like dippy hemlines and yeah. wraps and really bold colours. There's like an electric blue floral that turns yellow at the bottom, right. and then there's like lovely hot pinks. And so it's really and a lot of the prints will feel. In a way, they feel nostalgic and a little bit comfortable to the right. customer, but there'll be a modern twist to them, yeah. um, a negative space or bold colour. Yeah. And there's 10 of these dresses, aren't there? Yeah, in, yeah. in this collection. And there's other pieces as well, right. uh, obviously, within the collection, but these are the focus of the collection. And it's just, we'll see. We'll mm. see how, how it goes. But I'm really excited about it, and we're both really excited. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's great, great that there'll be pieces that Theo will wear as yeah. well. Right. You know, that they're not just aimed at a completely different person that we don't know who they yeah. are. Yeah. Mm. Now, dresses, um, I think, have just become completely associated with Preen. And I know that, was it last year, the Isle of Man celebrated your 20-year yes, anniversary? Very proud. <laughs> and how did they celebrate it? They gave us a Lifetime Achievement Award, which is amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. amazing. And we've got yes. stamps. And then you they got... issued some stamps, six stamps. All with a Preen dress on. Yeah. A model um, wearing a Preen yes, dress. A model wearing a Preen dress. Um, six of our quite... most iconic dresses, yeah. yeah. Which has been amazing. So that would include the power dress so that Amy wore. So it includes the, the power dress Amy wore, the Fenella dress that the Duchess of Cambridge and wore. And Meghan. Yes, and then the um, the the Flintoff dress, which was on the cover of British Vogue, um, and others. Yeah. I can't quite remember. <laughs> but but they were all very important dresses within our career. Right. Yeah. Now, I think, apart, we've mentioned um, some of the celebrities, but I think one, perhaps, of the more outstanding customers or clients has to be the former 
First Lady of the United States, yeah. Michelle Obama. Amazing. Yeah. Now, how did she come by your, your label? How did she know about um, Green? Well, I know that originally she found out about us because a friend of hers who worked at Tory Birch right. was wearing something, which is always the best way for someone yeah, to Yeah, word of about. mouth. Yeah. Mm. And, so, and then um, her assistant contacted us and said that she had these events coming up and would we do some pieces for her. But she'd selected from online images that she liked and dresses that she liked. And then we just made them bespoke for her, but just based on our original designs. Fantastic. Yeah, and we've dressed her now about nine nine different yeah. times for when she first came to the UK she wore us to land on Air Force One right. which was amazing, landing in London. Um, <laughs> I mean, really? And then she wore us um, for her last public interview she did. We've had some amazing things. Mm. And then of course she invited us to the White House oh, now to, tell us to about meet her. Which what was, was it like? Going, have well, you talked to your mother? It was, it was amazing. Well, mothers. we got a plus one right. to bring someone with us and we thought who are we going to bring? And we said, oh, should we bring our mums? <laughs> so they were Obviously, they were just delighted. And did your mums wear preen? Yes, yes. Oh, of, course. of course they did. <laughs> yes, and they were just delighted and they got to meet Michelle and they were talking, chatting about how proud they were of us. And She was so warm and so welcoming and just and she, she talked about how, you know, you don't realise but you're quite privileged people in a way because you live a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. and, you, you know, you come places like this and you meet these people and there are so many people out there that don't have these opportunities right. and you know if you can just extend a hand or a smile or just you know an encouraging word to or do people, mentoring yeah mm. yes you know and so she said it's and it's just when someone like that talks to you and talks about it you know it's mm. just and sometimes it doesn't inspiring. occur to you how much you maybe can inspire someone yeah. so it's it's really good she's such a positive amazing woman what was the occasion um why, how so did she she was doing a cocktail reception for all the designers that she'd worn during her time right. in the white house yeah. now after all these years of working together how do you actually sort of divide up the chores should we say oh you mean what we do in the business yes I'm not going to ask you if you do any housework. No, oh no. <laughs> um, well, we both design, so mm. we're both very creative, and we fortunately have quite similar tastes. So even though we probably come at it from a different way, I, I work a lot um, on the stand, draping a lot, and that's the way I design. Thea likes to sketch a lot more. But generally, I would say nothing that goes down the catwalk would be just me or just Thea. Mm. Everything is a bit of both of us. And we just talk all the time, mm. don't we? And, you know, for us, it's 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 very natural to just discuss about the collection, talk about it. And the other thing that's been amazing for us for and for our business is that because we're working together and we've travelled the world through work and we've been amazing places through work, we're always together. So we're mm. experiencing it and being inspired at the same time. Because there's nothing worse than looking at someone else's holiday snaps, is there? You know, and <laughs> kind of like, you know, if someone comes back and explains, oh, this was great, you just, you need to see it, don't mm. you? So the fact that we always experience it together is so fortunate. And do you both normally sort of have a similar inspiration? I know we were talking about the um, most recent collection at London Fashion Week mm. um, in uh, February. Now, that had a very, very curious yeah. um, sort of reference point. Yeah, Justin actually found. found. Yeah, I, I, well, we, we, we'd, been to, we'd been out with the kids and we went to the Maritime Museum and we just thought, oh, let's just pop in. And there was this amazing exhibition of um, photographs of the... Um, 
these women who are um, pearl divers and free divers, basically, mm-hmm. who live in an island called Jeju Island, which is off Korea. And they're called um, Hanye. Hanye. The women are referred to as the Hanye yeah. women. And it's a matriarchal society, which is just so interesting. And the, so the women do all... Or they they earn all the money. They do all the fishing. They're free divers, and the men stay at home and raise the children and do the cooking. Yeah, yeah. And they decorate all their wetsuits to to make them delicate and personalised. They put like little floral bits of fabric patched on, and add little waistcoats and things on top of their black frills. Little frills. It sounds very totally appealed to us. (laughs) We like the whole idea of sort of customising and recycling, and Mm. yeah. So and such characters, mm. these women. They're amazing. Really powerful feminists. Yeah, and it felt kind of a right inspiration for now, Mm. the current times. Yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to see the new collection. It's going to be fabulous. Thank Thea, you. Thank Justin, you very much. Thank you so much. And good luck with Studio by Preen. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you.